Craft Beer Radio, episode 119, recorded on July 2nd, 2008. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This week we're doing BJCP style 14, the India Pale Ale. Woohoo! Everyone's favorite. The IPA, as we know it, of course, the, the history is it uh, was built to survive from England to India on those long trips, so they filled it up with hops so it would be preserved well, and people tended to like the flavor. And so we have... Basically, these are all American IPAs, so they will tend to be on the hoppy side, essentially, if, unless they are designed as English-style IPAs. Right. First one is Bison Brewing's USDA Organic IPA. This Brewed is in small batches since 1989. 6.8% alcohol by volume. Uh, classified as an American IPA, as one might expect. Uh, and if you're wondering what the BJCP says for American IPA, uh, prominent to intense hop aroma, citrusy, floral, perfume-like, resinous, piney, and or fruity character. Uh, most versions are dry hopped and can have additional grassy aroma. Uh, the appearance should be medium gold to medium reddish copper. I would say this falls under the... Rich gold. Rich gold, yeah, in that in that range. Rich gold to orange. Some versions can have an orangish tint. Should be clear, although unfiltered dry hop versions. Maybe a bit hazy. It's clear. This one looks pretty clear. Thick, dense me. head. Nice white, creamy head. And the hop flavor should be medium to high. Should reflect American hop character, which would be citrusy, floral, resinous, piney, fruity, etc. Medium, high to very high hop bitterness, although the malt backbone will support the strong hop character and provide the best balance. That's sort of your difference. Your double IPA tends to in some cases, kind of go over over a bit on the hoppiness because, I mean, well, they're double the alcohol and, and uh, in some cases, at least, a lot stronger. And so the malt needs to go up to balance it. But on a double IPA, you typically find hops are going to way outbalance the beer, whereas he, here the hops are kind of really strong, but the malt should be yeah. more balanced. Yeah, I can smell from the aroma that there's a lot of... Molten here too. For the aroma, I'm the hops. I'm, it says it uses four hops in the kettle and it's dry hopped. The um, I'm getting some citrusy, but I'm also getting a little bit of one of those more edgy hops. You know, the ones that where we say, you know, smells a bit like cat pee. There's a <laughs> tiny hint of cat pee in the back corner of the aroma on this beer. Let me take a look at the website see if I can find anything about it. Because what I'm getting is a lot of malt from the aroma, a, a lot of malt, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it's definitely know. balanced. It's not. Too far out of control with the with the hops. There's nice balance in the aroma, and I'm going in for a taste here. All right. According to their site, this has an original gravity of 1.058, for all those of you who like the technical stuff. Uses tubro and caramel malt and love. 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 Yeah, this beer has a great balance to it. There is the hops out front, and you're getting this mixture of mm-hmm. piney and citrusy, and a little bit catty in there. And you're getting this great malt comes through, and it makes the orange more bright. And it just fills it out with this uh, malty, bready orange. The orange flavor reminds me of 
I used to get these for Christmas in our stockings. There was these chocolate, they were milk chocolate, but they were orange flavored milk chocolates and they came in the shape of an orange. They had wedges so you could break off an orange wedge of it. And it was this chocolate orange flavor, which I'm sure you've had in truffles or something like that. And this is reminding me. Oh, because I've never had Christmas candy. You've probably never had this freaky (laughs) orange thing that my mom used to find somewhere. Um, That's all I'm saying. Thanks. (laughs) Racist. (laughs) Tasting a lot of that malt, strong, like Amarillo hot mixture, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of goes a little bit apricot-y, really strong. um, I'm trying to think of a way to to describe this without saying cat pee, because it's not not cat pee. It's only different, but it's it's still one of those uh, organic flavors that you know if you tasted it in a cheese it probably wouldn't taste right but in a beer it kind of works um or if you taste it in your milk you'd think man this, mm-hmm. this has gone really bad yeah but it's 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 not from microbiota it's it's the alpha acids right in the, in the yeah it's hops it's from yeah maybe caddy's not right because actually while you were talking in the aftertaste it was floating around the top of my mouth and i got a more pure taste of it and it's kind of Think um, husk from corn on the cob. Yeah, yeah, okay. There's a bit of that. Um, that and that flavor kind of really lingers around the mm-hmm. this. Um, I'm just having a really hard time describing it. Although it, it it's coming together in my mouth perfectly, but I just have yeah, a hard it, time bringing the words. To if it was all that hop, it'd be pretty rough, you know. It'd be yeah. very puckering and very. But mixing with all these other hops and the malt, it's it's a nice beer. I'm enjoying this. It's a good it, IPA. It works. It, like like Jeff said, there's a bit of there's a bit of uh, citrusy. There may be a little bit of cascade in here because I think I can taste a tiny bit of grapefruit. Uh, there's something a little bit grassy on the side there that's just it, it's intermingling with this hop to kind of mute it because like I said if it was full on this hop it would be a pretty hard to deal with flavor mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not saying it would be disgusting I'm just saying it would be like whoa okay I need to take this slow overall impression on this it's a candy like IPA I would say I love the, the sweetness is there the juiciness is there I'm throwing this into the category that nobody likes. This is um, this is one of those beers that I think you'd have to get used to it, but you could have two or three easy after you got used to your first one. Okay. I, I don't see it really needing any kind of numbing effect or anything like that or any kind of acquired taste. I thought it was pretty good out well, the of the Well, the reason gates. why is because I, when I think, you know, you know, I think typical IPA and I think, I tend to think like American IPA, grapefruity. Uh, or you know a little bit more fruity on the side. And this one has a little bit more of of that sort of funk to it. It's kind of just kind of funky. It just has that funky beat. <laughs> uh, and so, so it takes a little bit of like, oh, okay, let me adjust my tongue to this. And then after that, once your tongue's adjusted, you can go straight on through. But okay, now pair this with a food. And you're in a slightly different situation. I'm gonna I'm gonna double double down on the the citrusy type flavor. I'm gonna go with some kind of chicken mango something or another. I'm gonna go with now. This is weird because I said he probably wouldn't like this flavor in a cheese, but I'm gonna go with a cheese soup. 
I actually think that the the other flavors would kind of mingle well, and like a cheddar soup or something mm-hmm. might have a lot of fat to kind of wipe a, a lot of this away and just leave sort of just the bare essence there. And I can see this flavor as actually being somewhat similar to a very sharp cheddar. Yeah, okay. Uh, Craft Beer Radios, we're into our... uh, This is the point usually on other podcasts where I would skip skip a minute or two. So if you want to do that, go right ahead. Or you could listen and buy our DVD. Um, deal is, every year we put out our anniversary DVD. It's the previous year's shows all in one handy to use form factor. It's a DVD run with all the MP3s on it. We include some bonus shows. I think we might include a video show this year. Would be fun. So we're going to do a video show. And not quite prepared to announce it yet, but there will be an additional bonus on the Craft Beer Radio website for members, people who buy the DVD. I'm not expecting that to really sell any, but just so you know, if you've already bought, you will be included in the uh, special bonus. And uh, it should be pretty cool as soon as we get all the details worked out. Another thing that I thought of, last year I made it to the Great American Beer Fest because uh, listener Gary donated some frequent flyer miles. So if we get any chairman class flyers out there who got more frequent flyer (laughs) miles than they know what to do with, that's an option too. Email us at beer at craftbeerradio.com with your frequent flyer offer and... uh, Maybe we can get uh, part of our plane ticket paid for with that. I have enough miles from going to India to get out there, but not back. Right. Rats, so I can get to Denver and get stuck there. Woohoo! So we need three legs to be covered. So if you've got frequent flyer miles and you want to donate them, that'd be awesome as well. DVDs will be out sometime soonish. Uh, Greg and I need to do a bonus audio show and a bonus video show. As soon as we get those done, I'll have the DVDs ready to go. People were curious about buying the back issues of the DVD. I still have to get some brain cells to, to focus on that one. So yeah. that will be coming up. If you're a newer listener and you want the back ones, there's going to be a special deal for you to get those. Like maybe all three. And and then some people oh, some people asked if they wanted to send us a check because they don't like PayPal stealing some of their money. That's absolutely fine. You can send it to the address on our website. I'll make sure I put that address up. Some people want to download the extra stuff. Give us money and download the extra stuff. Uh, that may be an option with the new website features coming up. That should have answered everyone's DVD question. It's a donation to help Jeff and Greg pay for doing things on this show, like getting to the Great American Beer Festival, buying beer, going to Savor, going to uh, Belgium comes to Cooperstown next year maybe. We'll see. I mean, whatever. Is, uh, buying equipment, that sort of thing. Yeah, I think we're good on equipment. but We need a, we need a full duplex speakerphone. Yeah. Anyone has a full duplex speakerphone they're not using, we could use one of those, too. (laughs) Okay, so next on our beer list is the O'Fallon 5-Day IPA from the O'Fallon Brewery in Missouri. This is an American IPA with 6.1% alcohol by volume. So I watched my first Wine Library TV. This is a video podcast from Gary Vaynerchuk, who is this up-and-coming wine-tasting guy. He uh, brings the thunder to wine-tasting, though. He's very enthusiastic, more so more enthusiastic than we are, that's for sure. He makes no qualms of using absurd flavor descriptors. You know, like people are yelling at us for using cat pee. He uses the bottom of a murky swamp and... <laughs> O'Fallon 5-Day IPA is uh, dry hopped with seven grains and four domestic hop varieties. And they add dry whole hops to the finishing tank so the beer rests on top of the hops for five extra days. 
<laughs> so I guess this is a bit hoppy, huh? They say they have big cascade and glacier hops in the finish, so. And I learned a new phrase from, from Gary Vaynerchuk. A, a beer where you really can't smell much of the aroma. It's, it says, oh, this beer has a tight aroma. It's a good way of saying, I can't smell a thing. It's very tight. I guess that's one way to think of it, so. This is not tight. <laughs> it's kind of tight for me. I'm getting a little bit, but not as much as I would have expected. You're getting a whole mess of hops and uh, a, a nice bit of malt there. I, it, I've, it's, it's been hard for me to kind of figure out how to f- find malt in the aroma. Are you getting any kind of pepper or um, cardamom in the aroma? Something that's a little bit peppery, spicy? I would say there's, there's a slight whiff of maybe ginger. That's the closest thing I can come to anything okay. peppery. Another juicy. First thing I noticed on this one is how juicy it is. Mm. It starts off like feeling it's going to be a little bit watery, but it's this liquidy fullness. It's it's, it's just juicy. It's uh, I don't know how to put that. It's not quite <laughs> as thick as like chocolate milk or anything, but it it has this texture that reminds me of something milky. The the hops are a lot harder to find in this one. In the other one, you could tell there was clearly that Amarillo-type hop that was really strong. Uh, here, everything is, is I think, very well melded together, mm-hmm. but it's kind, of, it's kind of this amalgam right now, and it's hard for me to pick out individual hops, individual flavors. Uh, in terms of just kind of figuring out the overall flavor, let me take a sip here and see if I can describe how it's going through my mouth. Again, I'm getting a beer that's has good hops up front. They're a little more earthy than citrusy like the last one. There's a lot of citrus in there, but it's not as far left citrusy as the first beer was. And then it's good solid malt that fills it up. The malt again, it's a little it's a little darker. It's um a little mustier. It's uh I'm getting an initial kind of peachy orangey hit uh on the sides of my tongue. And then it's kind of fading. Some of the malt is really starting to present itself. And a lot of the hop flavor and bitterness kind of moves into the cheek. There's a little bit of the puckeringness in the cheek with the hops. Um, The malt that remains behind is very much, I would say, on the biscuity side. And there's sort of a, a lasting mixture of of something of, of a biscuity grassy aroma or uh, excuse me a flavor mm-hmm. i'm getting all kinds of weird things that don't make sense i'm thinking this reminds me of like a lemon meringue pie for some reason the the creaminess of the beer and the meringue and the sweetness of the malt and the meringue and then there's something that maybe not like lemon cream but more of a lemon peel You know, I I can see where you're coming from. When you said lemon rang pie, you know, I envisioned that in my head, and I can mm-hmm. see, you know, especially the texture. The texture mm-hmm. really feels very similar, and some of the flavors would mesh well. I bet this would actually, this might actually go well. The side, I'm not sure if the bitterness would go well with the sweet, you know, the overtly sweetness lemon rang. I think the lemon rang pie is too sweet to pair with this. I don't know. I mean, we've heard surprising stories about how well IPAs can go with desserts, and I would not be surprised if this and a lemon meringue pie would work reasonably well together. However, the the main food that is really coming to mind uh, 
when I'm th- when I'm drinking when I'm drinking this beer is uh, hash browns. Okay, I was thinking crab cakes. Okay, so very the same kind of caramelization, the breading. So we were in the same boat there. You just had different stuff inside right, your cake. Yeah. Got a couple beers in the mail today from um, Jason Alvey from the Four Firkins. Um, he did the What Ails the podcast. And he got busy and quit, but he opened a beer store yeah. in, sorry, Jason, it's in... St. Uh, Louis Park, Minnesota. That's it, St. Louis Park. And he sent us a couple more uh, Surly beers, so we can try the Surly Cynic. And he gives a little note here, I think there's some interesting stuff. He's like, uh, good day, Jeff and Greg, he's from Australia, so... Good day. Good day. Good day, mate. Hope your beer arrives in a timely manner. I'm a little concerned about the heat and how the heat may have affected it. I kept it in the fridge as long as I could, but who knows what kind of conditions it was subject to on the way to you guys. I mailed it on June the 30th. got here today, so that's that's pretty good. Omar, who's the brewer at Surly, is militant about keeping his beer cold. He wanted to make sure I had a fridge in my store before he would even consider my first order. Kudos to him for caring so much. Well, maybe he's just like the guys at Coors who have their refrigerated railroad trucks, right? Well, I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> because uh, once it gets to the beer distributor, they don't have any kind of rules about keeping right. it refrigerated. And it's Miller Coors today, after, after today. That's true. So. But so does, Surly, does that mean that Surly now is competition for being the coldest beer on earth? Oh, it might or, be. You know, I think Coors it's cold. is competition because I think it's, yeah, it's cold. It's it hard ass. It tastes so cold. All right, so thank you, thanks, Elvi, for the uh, the beers. Good luck, and if you're in Minnesota and you haven't been to the Four Firkins yet, uh, I'm sure you've heard about it. I've been kind of keeping up on the press that he's been getting. He's been getting a lot of press in all the Minnesota beer blogs. So, okay, so our next beer, th- these two were in uh, regular 12 ounce bottles. We're going on to our 22 ounce bombers now. We're going to start with the Pelican Brewing Company India Pelican Ale. Pelican Brewing Company, Pelican Pub and Brewery. I'm sorry, is in Oregon. Uh, this is American IPA with 7.5, so I expect this to be a slightly more malty and considerably more hoppy, especially since it's a West Coast IPA, so I would expect a massive hop explosion. This beer was sent to us by great listener Gary Frank, and Greg, maybe can look this up, but Pelican Pub and Brewery, I believe won Best Brew Pub at the GABF last year. Yes, World Beer Cup 2008 Champion Brewery and Brewmaster Large Brew Pub. So, congratulations. Uh, they were at Saver. Oh, yeah. They were um, a couple tables down from Tommy Arthur. But I never got... Did I get to them? I did get to them. But I can't remember what the beers tasted like. <laughs> Oregon's premier oceanfront brewery. This has won a lot of awards. Uh, gold medals, silver medals, bronze medals, you name it. Here's the ingredient list. Uh, pale, all, pale ale malt, magnum hops, caramel malt, centennial hops, pure local water, of course, pure ale yeast, and cascade hops. 17 degrees Play-Doh, 7.5% alcohol by volume, bitterness of 85 IBUs is going to be a bitter one. Uh, they say it's color 15 Love Bond, so... Yeah, it's a lighter color. It's a nice golden, yeah, kind of orange. That um, that smells really nice. It's real, real nice uh, cascade like aroma on that. My head poured too tall, so I wasn't able to get much aroma. So I took a big gulp of the foam. The foam's exceedingly bitter. Well, eighty-five <laughs> IBUs is pretty bitter. 
low on the carbonation. Yeah, it tastes like a cask-conditioned beer. Uh, very, very bitter. Ooh, yeah. It just digs in more and more. It really, it, it really is. I mean, it just reminded me of like, <laughs> what was that Angry Boy? The one, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, or 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 uh, um shutdown. Oh, okay, yeah. The one that was so bitter. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is extremely bitter. One of the, one of the themes that has gone through this show has been orange. Mm-hmm. Just getting a lot of orange into pretty much all these beers. It's really mm-hmm. where the fruit is part of it is tending to go to. Sort of. A, they've all been. They've all had a similar grain build too. They've all been, you know, malted with uh, you know a hefty amount of crystal malt or caramel malt. It seems, and they're all getting the same kind of maltiness out of them, which contributes to the orange. I think. Yeah. It uses Magnum, which is one of those high alpha, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm sure that's where a lot of the bitterness comes in. I mean, because you're not really going to get this kind of bitterness at a Centennial or Cascade. And I guess unless you like push a whole bunch in there. I mean, if you use it right, you probably could. I mean, they're historically speaking, they're high alpha hops too. They're just not extreme, like you know, eighteen, twenty percent, like some of the like Magnum can be. Actually, Magnum probably doesn't get that high. But some of the brand new ones can. Yeah, I'm just real. I mean, th- this one is just coming away with a lot of bitterness, and it kind of. I'm not enjoying it nearly as much as the other two beers, which is it, it, I find it funny. It's mm-hmm. won so many awards, right? Because this is just striking me as overly bitter. Now that I'm style. now that I'm getting you know my my tongue's been flattened and stomped down by the bitterness. And so each bite's not as biting. It's coming across as a really quenching beer. I'm not saying it's great that you have to be beaten up by the beer before you find it, you know, something good about it. But it's it just now that I'm getting it, it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's like drinking iced tea or lemonade on a hot sunny day. It's just this very <laughs> quenching type experience. In the sense that it's so bitter that you just <laughs> you're not sure if you want to drink anymore of it. I can sort of see where you're mm. coming from. I mean, because you realize that your next sip is going to be just more bitterness piling on top. <laughs> is that quenching? I don't know. I mean, it's not, and again, it's not making me want to drink water, so mm-hmm. to a certain extent, that's true. There is a quenching part mm-hmm. of it. I... This is really not my my favorite. My favorite kind of beers are not these bitter bombs, mm-hmm. and I think this is just going way overboard. Well, it's like you know, Garrett Oliver has a great analogy. You know, you don't see world class chefs out there saying, "I made the world's saltiest soup." Mm-hmm. Right? Hops is a spice. Sure, it can be done really well in high amounts, but putting as much hops or salt as humanly possible in your product isn't always the best way to go. And I don't want to say that it, that was the brewer's intention. I don't think it is for this beer. Some beers it is, you know, where it's just, yeah, we've hopped it out the wazoo. We dry hopped it for 150 days straight. <laughs> we made a barrel out of hops and put it in that. <laughs> we put hops in a blender, made it into a paste, right. and mixed it in with the beer. Now, you know, it reminds me of a question that I wanted to ask Jim Cook, but I never did get a chance to because he kind of he was in there and out of there, and mm-hmm. I never got a chance to talk to him. But you know he, he copyrighted the slogan, um, "Hops are to beer what grapes are to wine." So my question right. would be, okay, what's malt to beer then? 
You know, supposed to ask those questions. I, I'm just I'm curious because it, I think malt is an extremely important part of beer, mm-hmm. and I think he obviously knows that because his beers are, are particularly well balanced. Did he say that in his thing, or is that just something you've seen on? The, it's it's on the commercials, yeah. and you know it's copyrighted by them. It's marketing. It, it's marketing to a certain extent, but I, I do you know want to know. How well, I would like to know how he feels about it. Well, he goes, you know, he goes to Bavaria every year to, to handpick the harvest, to oversee the harvest, right? Um, does he have to? No. Is it fun because you're the owner of Boston Beer Company and you know that you have a trip to Bavaria and go to, I mean, you know how much and, fun it is to go to Hop Farm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's would the product suffer if he didn't go? I don't think so. Is there a problem that he does go and says it on his commercials and has his slogan? Yeah, let let some people. But have oh, but I'm I'm just trying to to go through. Okay, if you're if you're going to take that analogy, then where where does malt come in? On, uh, no, it's a, if you if you know about malt, it's a flawed analogy because grapes are the backbone of wine, and malt is the backbone of beer, and hops is a spice. Mm-hmm. So it's a flawed analogy that way. But how, but but. I don't think it's it's necessarily flawed because hops are an integral part of of beer as well. You can't just make a beer out of malt. It wouldn't be considered a beer. You have to have hops in it for it to be considered a beer. Right. So it, it's the interplay that that makes the beer. It's not simply the fact that you know it, it's got one ingredient or the other. So it, it's essentially they're both grapes. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that as well. It's just if you're looking at, you know, well, wine's 100% grapes. Beer is, aside from the water, beer is 95 to 99% malt. So um, so our next beer, <laughs> that's an awkward segue. <laughs> I think I'll just do every segue now with a big um. <laughs> so our next uh, beer is the Total Domination IPA from Nin- Ninkasi Brewing Company in Oregon. Another Oregon brewing company. Total Domination, I'm afraid. <laughs> I am afraid. I have their Imperial IPA in the fridge, too, if you want to get really beat up. <laughs> There's nothing. They don't have much of a website. They say they're currently in the process of creating their website. Uh, they don't have, any, don't have any information on. Welcome to 1998. The is there a guy with like a sawhorses building the website? No, there's no under construction sign. Fortunately, that symptom of the web has passed. There apparently Ninkasi's slogan is "Worship the Goddess." Nkasi's aroma is feet, sulfur, uh, mussels, clams. It, it, it's there. There's some oh, that is raunchy. It smells mildewy. Or I keep thinking whiffs come like it can't be that pungent. And 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 uh, I'm and, thinking steamed mussels, steaming wine. <laughs> That's the aroma that's coming off of the beer. I'm getting something significantly more funky and sulfury and sour and decay. And well, that's enough of that one. <laughs> See, and I was thinking the flavor is not as bad as the aroma. 
let it let it let it linger. Whew. It it really oh, that aroma <laughs> is killing me. I can't get past the aroma. Again. I, I started thinking, hmm, kind of lemony, and then it just kind of goes. Oh no, it's basically about a sulfur and funk. Want to try the other Ninkasi that we have in the fridge? Yeah, why not? Ooh, that's bad. So judging by the reviews on Beer Advocate, which is not exactly, you know, it's not even about the Wikipedia standards of accuracy, <laughs> right? But it appears that we got a bad bottle somehow uh, because this stuff, for the most part, is not at all like what we smelled or tasted. Or there was one review There was similar. one review that said it was similar, but it was, wasn't nearly as bad. So we're going to count that to a bad bottle. These things happen, especially in a, in a new brewery, which Nikoski apparently is. So this is Triceratops Double IPA. Right. 9.7% alcohol by volume. Triceratops is double of everything you already love in an IPA. More hops, more more body, and higher gravity define this double India Pale Ale. Fiercely flavorful, guaranteed to satisfy. Guaranteed to satisfy. <laughs> the ancient Sumerians kind of worshipped the beer they made and praised the goddess Ninkasi. Ah, so that's it. It's a Sumerian god. Mm. That smells better. This one smells a lot better. It says it's achieving total satisfaction for that last one. <laughs> Smells a lot better, but there's some of the same smell this in there. There's almost like kind of a mint or something in there. Do you smell that? I'm getting a little bit of sulfur again. Not nearly as bad. It's only there. I'm only noticing it because it. I just smelled the other one. But sassafras. You know, because I just had a birch beer today. You know, a real old-fashioned mm-hmm. birch beer. I'm smelling a bit of that. I think I'm getting a tiny bit of mint. Hmm. There's a. It's actually a lot more muted than you would generally expect from double. Well, okay, no, there, there's some hit there. It's kind of on the cold side right now. Yeah, it, it is kind of cold, and that's maybe explain why why it originally tasted kind of muted. Um, decent balance, like I expect in a double IPA. The hops are going to be more powerful than than the than the malt. The hops. Uh, are, are kind of more tongue forward on this one, or or, or I'm feeling them a lot more on the for, on the front of my tongue. Mm-hmm. Uh, the malt is in the back. It's weird. This double IP has less body than the other two IPAs we had earlier tonight, or the other three. It's kind of weird. Hmm. But interesting, and. Um, you know, I think that we can chalk up based on this. We can chalk up that one to a bad bottle. Probably. This is. I'm not saying this is the best double APA I've ever had because mm-hmm. it's not. Right. But it's not. It's, it's clearly not a bad IPA. It's clearly not disgusting. It has a. Let's see. So it's a. It's a lot less malty than the other ones. This one. Has What's malt it? there, but it's not as caramelly malty. It's uh, hops really aren't in your face bitter. It's it's a good balance for the beer. It's a uh, it's uh, like I said, light body compared to the other ones. Bitterness is starting to build. Getting some graham cracker, some honey type flavors out of this. Yeah, there is a bit of like extra sweetness, which is which is good. 
which I think helps to counterbalance um, bitterness you would generally get from pushing a double, making a double IPA. Mm-hmm. They tend to kind of get kind of bitter, so you need some sweetness in there, I think, to to hide that. Because otherwise you get a bitter bomb like we had mm-hmm. with the Pelican, and that just, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan. Some people may, if, if you just, if all you want is bitterness, you know. Flavor for this one, I'm thinking graham crackers and orange marmalade. A decent combination. I'm not saying a food pairing for this. I'm yeah, saying no, I'm, yeah, I'm saying in terms of in terms of how how to describe the flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were to combine those two flavors together and kind of add a little bit of uh, alcohol and beer, <laughs> yeah, a little a little bit extra um, grassiness and uh, you know citrus mm-hmm. stuff to it, you'd get something close to it. And then yeah, you know, put in a blender with water and alcohol. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I, I think we just found an experiment to do on the on, making on something the that tastes making something that tastes like beer. That's we not can beer. do that on on the video show. <laughs> Will it blend? <laughs> More enjoyable, but no, yeah, still I mean, something that's left. I, it's kind of empty. There, there are plenty of of double IPAs mm-hmm. I would recommend over this one. It, it's a. Uh, I, I think that. From what I can tell, this company is just starting out, and uh, so maybe they don't have their you know sanitation and their handling down. Maybe yeah. maybe you know they have on batches and off batches of these beers, but there is a slight. This Triceratops has a bit of that sulfury funk that the other one had a ton of. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's not house character. Hopefully, that's just a common handling error that they've made that they can work on. How old are they? Do you have that information? All I know is they're starting on their website. Oh, okay. So we are currently in the process of creating our website. I don't see any real good information here about when they started. But uh, they're apparently featured on the Craft Brewcast podcast. So. Oh, Woohoo. <laughs> Craft Brewcast. They're running out of names, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, some lady in Oregon. Probably the lady who put up the MySpace page. Rank it, rank I'm it, rank it. we got in where, where we got. Okay, so I guess I go first this time, right? Is it my turn to go first? or Sure, I don't care. All right. Uh, and I'm going to go with the O'Fallon first. I think that um, it had the right mixture of everything to see to say okay it wasn't too powerful in one area to then another it was you know i think it, it, very drinkable very easy very easy to go down and really had just a lot of the you know good qualities i get from an ip you know i think none of the ipas we had today were stunners and none of them were, were things that like for instance i would put on par with say um bell's two-hearted which to me is is you know one of the IPAs that really at the mm-hmm. top of the game that we can get around here, right? Um, or you know like Alpha King, <laughs> but of course Alpha King is in its own mm-hmm. separate category. But yeah, O'Fallon, absolutely. I think, uh, is number one for me today. Number two, uh, you know, I'm gonna go with the. Uh, go with the Bison. I feel like the Bison had it had that strong, big warrior whatever that mm-hmm. was 
uh, some something big in there, but it was also something that I think, like I said, you get used to, and you really could could get uh, a couple of them down once you really got used to that flavor. Once once your tongue just kind of got over the the intenseness of that strong flavor, because there were other ones on the side that kind of muted it. And for some reason, even though I said I f- that flavor would go bad in the cheese, the more I think about it, the more I think it would go great with cheddar. Yeah, I, I do. Mean, I think it would go good with cheddar. Uh, okay, so uh, next would be well, I I just think I have to go with the Triceratops Double IPA, just because I think that off the tap, this is probably a lot better in the bottle. Um, I think that like like Jeff said, some of that badness that was in the Total Domination may have. Reach the Triceratops hops a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's decent enough, but it doesn't have the kind of wet. I mean, remember how the O'Fallon really had that kind of juiciness, like you said. It really kind of gave you a bunch of nice stuff to it. So, mm-hmm. Cassie next, and then the Pelican. I just don't like bitter bombs. I really don't. And it was all bitter bomb. There really wasn't much else there besides bitter. When I when I tried to look for the other stuff, it was like, well, no, you're getting bitter. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then last the uh, total domination, but it's hard to rank that because I think that was really that's a, a DNF. Line. I mean, yeah. just bleh. yeah. I uh, almost agree with you. I'm going to put the bison in front of the O'Fallon. I, I thought the bison was was more engaging. More there's more depth there. You could really dance around the different hops, where the O'Fallon was a bit more streamlined, and it was some malt and some bitterness, really nicely interwoven together, but. You couldn't explore the hopping part as much as you can with the bison, so I like the bison a little bit better. I agree with the rest of you for, for all these. The pelican just beats you up with bitterness, and you really couldn't explore the flavor in that one because of the intense bitterness. The triceratops had a bit of a funk to it, but but not as much as total domination. That thing dominated us with horrible, horrible, <laughs> yeah, horrible... Was totally dominating, all right. I guess it was horrible. They got that part right. <laughs> Not a worshipping the goddess on that one. All right. Unless it's like for, you know, stop, please. <laughs> right. All right. I'm sorry, Nick Eski. I'm sure you make some good stuff. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. If you'd like to support the podcast, go to the website and buy our DVD through PayPal. And uh, we'll be back next week. Right? With more beer. Why not? Unless something crazy happens. Crazy. (laughs) Unless, you know, Pittsburgh gets nuked or something. Let's (laughs) hope that doesn't happen. Then we will be back next week. So, you know, cross your fingers for us. Yeah. Make sure the uh, no gamma ray bursts go off in our general direction. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Everybody loves the size, stupid little lies